0: From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm David Schultz. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know how important the OECD-brokered international tax deal is. For a while now, we've been talking about the slow-moving effort to harmonize where and how multinational companies pay taxes. Well, it's not very slow-moving anymore, Ever since a breakthrough in the negotiations earlier this year, things have been moving fast, very fast. Just this week, finance ministers from the Group of 20 Nations formally endorsed a key part of the plan, and the deal will probably clear some more crucial hurdles later this year. To bring us up to speed on these fast-moving events, a phrase I never thought I'd say about an international tax negotiation, we have a familiar voice to many of you, Bloomberg Tax's Hamza Ali. I spoke to Hamza from his home in London, and he got us up to speed on what's happening here and why all of a sudden it's moving pretty quickly.
1: The OECD is or has been working over the last um, few years to try and rewrite international tax rules to deal with the problem that it's not fit for purpose in the digital age. Um, Basically, the rules that sort of dictate international uh, taxation were written 100 years ago. Um, that was, you know, before things like the internet, when a when a sort of multinational becomes uh, taxable in a country, uh, it's based on things like, on physical presence, things like buildings, people, things that are tangible. But a lot of businesses nowadays can sell into a country uh, without a physical presence. Um, if you're Amazon, you can sell something in France um, that's warehoused in Italy and uh, you have no physical presence in the country. To deal with that, they are sort of they rewrote international tax rules and the solution they came up with was this two pillar solution. Uh, the first pillar of which is a, a new taxing right that's going to be based on sales made into a country and it sort of takes a small chunk of the profits um, that are taxed at the parent uh, jurisdiction and moves it to the places where a company makes sales And then the second pillar is a minimum tax, which puts a floor on um, tax competition amongst countries.
0: So earlier this year, it sounds like there was a big agreement, a big breakthrough on at least one of those pillars. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that and how that came about?
1: Yeah. So um, after sort of years and years of negotiation um, in July of this year, countries agreed to a skeleton of a deal where they agreed a range of sort of numbers that they're going to sort of finalize later in the year. They sort of agreed a range for how much money is going to be reallocated to the to the market countries um, from the parent jurisdiction. They also agreed that the minimum tax rate uh, globally is going to be set at least 15%. Um, but then a lot of sort of the the ins and outs of how this deal was going to work was sort of pushed um, into this future date, which was um, October the 8th.
0: Well, October the 8th happened, uh, and it sounds like, um, you know, they met that deadline. So let's talk about what happened October 8th, which was last week. What, what was actually agreed to? So last Friday, we got a lot more details of
1: um, the, the agreement, and um, countries decided to get rid of the at least on the minimum tax rate and said that 15% is going to be the rate. Um, They also decided the amount of money that's going to be reallocated, so they said that um, 25% of all profits above 10% of the largest, most profitable businesses, their their profits are going to be reallocated uh, to the market jurisdiction. So that amounts to about 100 companies. Um, They also decided um, what's going to be the carve outs, the exceptions um, to, to these rules. And how generous that's going to be they also announced that they're going to freeze um, all did all new digital service taxes and repeal um, The existing digital service taxes
0: So there's not you know countries aren't just sort of doing this on their own and, and it's it's a more because I know that was one Of the issues that you know, it was getting really confusing really fast. Yeah
1: um, So a lot, a lot of a lot of countries and uh, mainly european um which were sort of impatient with the pace of talks, um, had launched um, their own unilateral measures that were designed to target um, digital companies, which were seen as the sort of primary culprits in this um, problem of having a light physical
0: presence, but a
1: big economic presence in a country.
0: Right. And I think you mentioned... You know, Amazon, but also like big social media companies like Facebook and, you know, Twitter and things like that. Um, So this is really interesting because it feels like the, you know, like it's almost like a camera where when you initially look at it, everything is blurry. And now the focus is starting to get a little clearer and we're starting to fill in some of the gaps what else is left to do before this really starts to get implemented in, t- in 2023?
1: So now um, 136 countries out of 140 that were sort of negotiating have signed up. Um, we've still got some holdouts, but um, most of the countries um, have signed up to this agreement. Um, but there's But there's a sort of big technical problem waiting, which is implementation. How do you implement this agreement that all these countries have signed up to? Um, implementation will involve um defining what exactly is a digital service tax
0: that that's that sounds very important <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> yeah you can't sounds... you can't you can't ban digital sales taxes if you don't know what they are correct correct um and
1: um they also need to figure out how they're going to police um a moratorium on digital service taxes how are they going to you know sort of catch a country putting one of these measures into place and how are they going to punish them if they do put one of these um, in place. Um, they also need to decide what method of double tax relief that they're going to provide for the first pillar and um, the reallocation of taxing rights. Um, this is a big problem because it involves trying to figure out where the money is going to come from to reallocate. So you would assume it's going to come from the parent jurisdiction, but um, say a company is audited uh, sometime in the future, and uh, as a result of the audit, the company has to pay more tax. Now, if the reallocation has already happened, um, that means that you're going to have to try and figure out where the money comes from to pay uh, the countries that are waiting for a reallocation, if that makes sense. That that sounds really complicated. (laughs) It is incredibly complicated, and they need to figure out how it's going to work. And they've got two options. They can either have a credit system, which is going to make it even more complicated, or they can have an exemption method. Um, But those are the two methods, and both of them may be complicated.
0: And, And just to underscore how complicated this is, it's worth reminding listeners that we're talking about negotiations among nearly all of the countries in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, nearly all the countries in the world, particularly all the big countries in the world are are involved in these negotiations. There there are some critics who sort of say that um, the least developed countries aren't involved, um, but I think it would be difficult for them to be involved in this kind of negotiation. Additionally, they have to also come up with model rules um, for how that the countries are gonna sort of transpose into their domestic legislation. They also need to figure out, um, there are sort of safe harbors that they've promised that they haven't developed
0: yet. So let's finally talk about what's next in the very near term, uh, meaning later this week, uh, later this month, and into next month. What's on the agenda and what's going to be done um, in the next few weeks? So things are moving
1: at a pretty fast clip at the moment. Um, International tax is not a fast-moving space. Um, The fact that they haven't rewritten these types of rules for 100 years is an indication of how slow moving it is, but things are moving very quickly. Um, in, in November of this this November, um, the OECD said it's going to publish um, it, the model rules for Pillar 2, and that means that uh, countries will be able to begin drafting their own um, domestic legislation to be able to put in um, Pillar 2, uh, which is the minimum tax. And then in December, um, by at least December 15th, the European Commission plans to launch a directive to implement pillar two. And the, basically the the OECD hopes um, to have a, a, an international treaty that all, all countries um, who are gonna sign up to this agreement and um, to have will sign by the middle of next year. So we, inside of 12 months, we're gonna have a treaty for pillar one, and we're going to have model rules for pillar two that countries will begin implementing. And um, so the OECD hopes that everything will be done and dusted by 2023.
0: That's amazing. Is this a situation where, uh, you know, everything was moving really slowly and then the dam broke and then everything is happening really fast? Is that kind of when? Because I remember talking with you and your colleague Isabel Gottlieb uh, just earlier this year and talking about how negotiations were stalling and things were, you know, really, you know, oozing along. And now it's it's night and day. Yeah, it's it's uh, I think once once there'd been a breakthrough everything
1: else um, sort of moved. And what really got the negotiations sort of going is that um, earlier this year, the U.S. Um, came up with a proposal to change one of the big outstanding issues, which was the scope—who would who would be affected by uh, Pillar One—and they said instead of trying to figure out, you know, who's a digital business and what's not a digital business, which is a difficult line-drawing exercise, they instead said, um, instead, let's focus on. The largest most profitable businesses businesses and then you end up targeting the businesses you're targeting anyway which are the large tech groups would fall under that um and that basically opened up negotiations and since then it's sort of um you know the 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 big out out, outstanding Mm -hmm. issues have been you know sort of falling like dominoes i mean there are still some big outstanding issues like the double tax relief uh, like figuring out who the surrendering state is going to be who which state is going to end up um, paying the money that's going to be reallocated um, and how that, that sort of double tax relief is going to work is going to be a very important question, a very political question um that I think is gonna have to be figured out over the next few months. I think also there's going to be some trickiness on um, trying to figure out what is, Going to be included in 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 a safe harbor that I alluded to earlier it's called marketing and distribution safe harbor. What will be included in that? What's considered marketing and distribution is also going to be a political question. But they have been methodically working their way through the, through these issues, um, and it's I think if 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 you had spoken to us, you know, nine months ago, we would be talking about how <laughs> slow moving these negotiations were but I think everything's moving very quickly at the moment and um, but then there's a reason for that as well because on the other side of this agreement is that um, is, is a trade war essentially um, where the US is you know opposed to digital service taxes and digital service taxes will only disappear if countries um, get the reallocation that they're
0: after in in pillar one Um, And that's sort of what's driving the speed of this thing. Yeah. So in other words, nothing uh, quite focuses the mind like the threat of a international trade war.
1: (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, that was Hamza Ali speaking to us from London, England. I think we will definitely be hearing from him again very soon. Hamza, thank you so much for talking with us. You're welcome. Thank you. And that'll do it for today's Talking Tax. You can find up-to-the-minute news on Pillar 1, Pillar 2, all the pillars, really, along with the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. And if you have any thoughts about what you just heard, get in touch with us on Twitter. We use the handle at tax. Today's Talking Tax is produced by myself, David Schultz. We have special help today from Meg Shreve. Patrick Ambrosio is our editor, and our executive producer is Josh Block From Washington, I'm David Schultz. Thanks for listening.
1: The number of words in the tax code is estimated to be 1 million, about the same length as the entire Harry Potter series. Add in IRS regs, rev rulings, and case law, and it can be a lot. We all need a little help to sort it out. Each week on the Tax Girl podcast, I talk to the best in the business, and these aren't crazy technical dives. They're interesting and easy to digest looks at topics that matter to you. It's all that you need to stay ahead on the most important tax issues. You can subscribe to the podcast for free on taxgirl.com because paying taxes is painful, but hearing about them shouldn't be.